Tonight is the season finale of the Draft Countdown Podcast, and we continue to look ahead to the 2024 NFL Draft. Tonight, our man Nino from Tolisa Titles and CFB Nation is going to join us. We're going to break down the defensive guys. Coming up next on the Draft Countdown Podcast. Tonight's edition of the Draft Countdown Podcast. I am your co-host Brian Bosars, joined as always by my co-host Shane P. Hallam. Shane, 343 days, 22 hours, 58 minutes, 22 seconds away from the 2024 NFL Draft. And I'm excited to talk defense. We got offense done last week with uh, Coach Sheps, and I'm excited to talk defense tonight as we kind of prep for some guys to keep an eye on and watch next season. Yeah, um... That, that's kind of going to be the goal. We're going to kind of get it wrapped up tonight, and we're going to take a nice few months off as we get really honed in and prepared for the 2024 draft season. Uh, Shane, I'm sure you've got some more nursery adjustments that have to be made in between now and then as well. So uh, you've got that to look forward to. But there was a trade this week, uh, Shane, and the Cleveland Browns continue to add to their – uh, defense and they they're pairing uh, edge rushers Zadarius Smith um, to go opposite of Miles Garrett. Uh, they acquired Zadarius Smith at a 2025 sixth and seventh round pick. Minnesota picks up a 2024 fifth and a 2025 fifth. And it seemed like this was inevitable for him to kind of move on uh, at some point. So I think the Browns it's again got got a pretty good deal here. These picks are. Uh, obviously, we're talking 25 for the most part, you know, well in advance. Um, I, I don't I don't know. It, it's going to be interesting to see. I think the Browns roster on paper, like, looks really good. But uh, usually that hasn't worked out for them. So, hopefully, hopefully for Browns fans, it goes well. But I'm, I'm always a little hesitant. They can acquire every piece of defense they want. If Deshaun Watson doesn't play better than he did in 2022, it's not going to matter. Yeah, right. All right. That that's the key. So we'll see what see what happens. Uh, yeah, our, our division might be a tough one here, uh, Brian, coming up this year. I feel good about it. I, I don't know how well you feel about it, but I feel okay. I, I like I I feel better than consensus on the Steelers. So I still feel pretty good. That's that's fair. All right, you ready to talk to twenty twenty four draft? Yes. All right. Let's bring in our man here. He knows all about ball. He knows all about these prospects. 
And I, I got to talk some defensive 2024 guys with him on his podcast. So I figured, hey, let's bring him on and talk talk with him on here. He is our man, Nino Brown, from Toys to Titles and CFB Nation. Nino, how the hell are you tonight? Uh, I'm I'm great. I can't complain. I'm, I'm with the up echelon talent in this, this community, with Shane and, and yourself, Brian. I appreciate any opportunity I get to come on and, and chop it up with you guys. So I appreciate this. Uh, it's, it's great having you all, man. It's always a good time. Before we get into these 2024 guys, because it came up last night, Uh-oh. Well, I figured I'd bring this up with, with the panel of experts here. NBA had their draft lottery last night where the future of basketball goes, gets to the San Antonio Spurs who had the third worst record or whatever. Is this something the NFL should do or will they ever do it? Those are two. Those are two different questions. <laughs> I think those are two very different questions. Yeah, because I mean, I, I absolutely should not. Like, I, it is not something the NFL needs to do. I think we saw last year with what happened with the Texans, like tanking, is not a thing because you'll get fired. <laughs> you know, you're going to get fired essentially. And even the teams that try to tank or maybe have or been rumored to have, like, don't do it very well. Uh, it's not easy to do well when you have that many players. Um, so that's so I think that's the thing. Will they ever do it? I think seeing and look, I, I didn't watch it. I mean, I saw Twitter blow up, uh, but seeing the spectacle and the talk of it, we know the NFL likes to be the topic of conversation. So to have another event where people are going to watch, tune in, advertisers are going to pay, and people are going to be talking about the NFL, that might entice them to want to do it. So I, I, I don't, I'm not going to say it's never going to happen because I think it might, but I really shouldn't. I think it'd be a, it'd be a big, big problem. Yeah, that's just bad news, Brian. Like, uh, Detroit had the worst record by about five or six losses and they got the fifth pick like that that's just terrible could you imagine next year arizona or whoever is so bad and then you have and they end up with the fifth pick in the draft after that oh oh, the fan bases would go bananas in the nfl you you think nba's bad and nfl would be burning cities down over it it's crazy i just doesn't make any sense to me like if the NBA is tanking and this is what your deal is, then fix the way of not allowing them to tank. Like, load management is garbage, so get rid of it. You know what I'm well, saying? The, the thing is, though, with the NBA and the, what are you can tank more effectively there because you can take one or two players out and the, the, the toll team has changed. Yeah. You can't do that in the NFL. There's t- too many moving pieces, and one player is not going to have – that grand effect on a 53-man roster. So, right. no, I don't think the NFL should do it. And I want to say, I put it out on Twitter. I was like, tell me how this disincentivizes tanking. And maybe I don't understand. Like, you can comment on the video or tweet at me. But you still have to be – if you're a bottom three team, then you have the highest percentage chance. It's like, don't I still want to tank? Don't I still – maybe I don't I – don't That, to me, incentivizes team. more tanking, right? Because but, all you got to do is get in the bottom three. Then you don't have to be the that, bottom one. Well, that's what a lot of people said. Like, it incentivizes not being god-awful, but you still just want to be awful enough. And I'm like, then who cares? Like, who cares? Yeah. You know? I mean, if, if you're an NBA guy, though, if you go back to the last four or five drafts, this the top three guys is may, – maybe the top two guys hit. You know what I mean? Like, if you go back to the Tatum draft, like, Marco Fultz was supposed to be the best thing. He went number one, and, uh, 
you don't even know who that guy who? is anymore. Yeah, exactly. You know what I'm saying? Tatum could possibly be going to the, to the title show. So I don't know. The whole tanking thing's odd. Like, there's just teams that have just been tanking forever. Do I think the Spurs tank? Probably not. But now Popovich has got a coach for the next five years because they're getting that kid from overseas. <laughs> Won a lot of money on that last night. By the way, <laughs> I, I had a feeling it was going. And the NBA is kind of like a movie. So, you know, there's a little bit of a script. Shane can tell you, I messaged him <laughs> I messaged him the day before. I said, the yep. Spurs get in the top. They win it. Yeah. Uh, that, I, that, that's the only way Pop was staying in the NBA and not retiring. <laughs> All right. We've talked enough about the NBA. Let's move on. <laughs> nobody, nobody cares watching this show about the NBA. Let's talk edge rushers for the 2024 NFL draft class. And a guy I haven't focused on, but I did focus a lot on Will Anderson last year. His teammate Dallas Turner is is he he's not as good as Will Anderson, right? Or is he? I, I don't think he's at that Will Anderson level at this point. I think we could be talking about Dallas Turner in a year and saying, "Oh, you know, this guy is there." We saw him as a true freshman have a ton of success. I think a lot of times using Will Anderson as that, you know, that way to do it. And Anderson was still dominating with the, the 17 and a half sacks. Uh, and last year took a step back, like a lot of Alabama's defenders did in terms of the pass rush. They're a little more timid on the pass rush side. So I think Turner has the skill set um, to be very similar to Anderson stand up edge rusher light, but uh, I don't think he's on that level yet. He's not even my edge one at, at this point. Still, you know, a, a top player in this class, ultimately. You know, he's in my top 10 uh, overall. I agree with Shane. I don't think he's as good as Will. Will showed you pretty much two and a half years of dominance. I mean, the numbers might not have been as large last year, but he's still, like, his play, you could see it on the field. Dallas, I don't think, even has as much physicality as Will Will did, especially going downhill. Um and this would be the year he has to kind of show out to, to, to really make a name for himself. Where Will going into this year could have could have probably just took the year off and still would have been a top 10 draft pick. So I, I don't think Dallas is at the same level as Will. I think Will's kind of is close to that generational guy. Close. Not not totally, but he's close. One guy I do want to talk about, and I told this is the only guy I told Nino ahead of time we're going to talk about. I, I got to hear y'all explain Chop Robinson to me from Penn State. Yeah, look, I I like what uh, what we've seen. Obviously, it was a big recruit going to Maryland. You know, transferred over to Penn State, and I thought this past year he really commanded the the edge for them. Not only in terms of rushing the passer, but you know, Chop Robinson I thought did really well in terms of playing the run, setting the edge that way, uh, tackles for losses. Just a, you know, a solid overall player. Uh, another very quick first step guy who's tough. The athleticism and strength, I think, is going to be there, like most of the Penn State prospects are. Um, so, so I'm a fan. I don't think we've seen the upside for Chop Robinson yet, but I think he's on that kind of first round fringe for me. Yeah, uh, Chop's my guy. He's he's my my outside guy. Brian says I like guys with funny names. That that's what he tries to tell me. I, I like all the guys with funny names, but uh, I I just think he showed a little bit last year in the Maryland game, like you know. He, he, that was his revenge game. I, I transferred over, and you can ask Baby Two about that one. He had a couple sacks in that one. The, the Michigan game with the five, you know, five total ta uh, tackles for Solo. He, he he's quick, like you said, explosive. He can bend well and get around the edge, and he's kind of, you know, 
is it four six speed for a guy that's you know, six four, two sixty, two fifty, right around there. So I think this year is going to be the year where he takes the next step, but he gave a little preview going down the pipe last year. Yeah, a guy that flashed a lot to me in the games I saw was uh, JT Tui Moluau from Ohio State. Did I get that right? Is that, that yeah, look, point? he nailed it. I, I'm, I'm proud of you, Brian. Um, so, Shane, you got a couple of Buckeyes here on this list. Uh, we're going to talk about a lot of Buckeyes tonight, to be honest. Uh, that's that's what happens when you amass that much talent. But between Tui Moloow and Jack Sawyer, uh, what do you guys see with the, with those pair of bookends? I, I think I think uh, Tui Moloow is is the real deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I think he he's not super consistent. Um, and I think fit is going to be interesting because he is pushing 280. I've had him D line. I've had him edge. I'm like, or, or, you know, they, they play him kind of all over. I mean, he's definitely played edge last year. That's where he's going to play this year. So it's the best place to have him. But I could see, you know, more of a five technique player. But I mean, the, the dominance against Penn State, just, you know, big, explosive, closing speed that um, even the hands and awareness is really, really good. So, um, I, yeah, I think the upside there is, is is we've seen it. Jack Sawyer, we haven't seen it. Jack Sawyer definitely has the talent, kind of Zach Harrison-esque, right? Where, like, you know it's there, but you just haven't seen the beast unleash for Jack Sawyer yet. So it wouldn't even surprise me if maybe we're talking about Jack Sawyer in a year uh, and, and he doesn't come out and kind of, you know, waits and, and gets better. Um, but, you know, still pretty high on my list because I think the upside of Jack Sawyer at his size, strength, uh, is is absolutely off the charts. So we're talking top ten potential. Um, so I, I'm still in, but yeah, this Ohio State front seven is just ridiculous. Yeah, geez. I mean, everybody over there is probably going to go, you know, in the first three rounds. That's eligible to get drafted at Ohio State. But uh, JT, I'm not even tempting his last name because I'm terrible with all that. He's he's him. He's that dude. Uh, he showed you everything he took on everybody last year, and he's got his his closing speed is just ridiculous. He is elite. When it comes to that, he's got a good bend. Um, I, I love him a lot. I, I, you know, Jack, like you said, all the intangibles are there, all the numbers of physical traits are there. I don't even know if we're going to be able to see it this year because I think JT is just going to you know, take that next step and just put himself in that category of, of being the dude. And I, I think that Jack might be living in the shadows of JT again this season. I, I, don't, I don't think anybody can stop that guy. The way he can move, and he's so – his versatility, his athleticism, he the last six or seven games, he, he was just locked and loaded. And that's all you kept hearing about was JT, JT, JT. So uh, he just jumps off the page in the screen when you watch him. Yeah, no doubt. Another team with a pair of edge rushers, uh, Washington, mm-hmm. uh, Braylon Trice, and let's see if I Zylo Zion Tupola Fatui from Washington. <laughs> <laughs> uh, one coming off, you know, came off the injury last year. So still kind of getting his, uh, this is a year I think, you know, maybe he puts it all back together again, but, uh, Braylon Trice, I'm not that familiar with. Yeah. I, we saw, uh, uh, ZTF ultimately as a fresh, you know, for sophomore second year, 2020 is where he really burst onto the scene, looked like a stud, then the year after ended up having the injury clearly wasn't back last season. I think it was a good idea to stay in school, kind of get healthy, could be a potential, 
you know, senior bowl type player. Um, but I, I mean, I, I think, I think, uh, Tupelo Fatui is just so good at reading recognition of what the offense is doing, adjusting to what his uh, opponent is doing. I think he's going to survive even if he lost a little bit with the injury. So I still have him in my top five edge rushers. Braylon Trice, he was the one that kind of took over, you know, for this. He's he's more that big body, tough, strong, plays low, drives you backwards. I mean, the bull rushes that he brought to get into the backfield, I thought were just phenomenal. Um, I think he definitely ate up some of the weaker offensive tackles that he played and struggled with some of the better ones. But um, another guy that's just, you know, has a big, big upside uh, in certain schemes. It, Washington, another, another going to be another good squad this year. Yeah, I, I, I like Trice. He had, you know, close to 600 snaps uh, last year. I mean, he, he's just, he's got a high motor. And, and, and like, you know, Shane was saying, he's tough against the run. He's got a firm base. He's uh, upper body strength. He can stack and, sh- and shed the blockers. And he's, he's good laterally. And he can chase the pursuit. I mean, 67 pressures, 44 QB hurries, and 15 hits, uh, eight sacks. He 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 benefited, obviously, from ZTF not being there. But they also had another gentleman who was eaten who transferred. So that that, that defense, uh, that defensive line has dogs. I think – I know Shane's probably going to disagree with me. But I think Braylon Trice can can pass ZTF this year. I, I, I just have a feeling um, – I don't know if ZTF is fully healthy. Braylon Trice, his body structure and his size and the speed, I, I just – I see. I don't think we've seen all of him yet, and I think he can evolve this season as well. No, I, I, look, I think it, I think it's very possible. I, I'm not going to dispute that because I think both – you know, you can flip them both of my rankings right. and, yeah, hey, that's what happened. Tell me that's what happens. I, I could see it. All right, so – we would be remiss if we didn't talk about the guy who's currently number one on Shane's 2024 edge board, a guy who probably could have been a first-round pick last year had he come out. Jared Verse from Florida State transferred up from Albany. Uh, is this the year he takes off and becomes a top-10 type guy? I, I think so. I, you know, my only question ultimately is how how athletic is he compared to the rest of this class? You know, is he going to be that kind of high-end athlete? But I think in terms of you know explosiveness, um, savvy play. I mean, his just, just the way he closes and hits, like you can yeah. hear it. You know, he, mm-hmm. he I mean, he he hits you hard and he will not let you go. Whether it's a running back, whether it's a quarterback, um, we saw him really take over against LSU early in the season. I remember watching that game, be like, wow, like uh, this yeah. guy, this guy's name's getting written down. He's going in the rankings. You know, I think Brett and Brian, I added him and just really excelled. Uh, to all the way to the end, just consistent. Uh, I, I think Jared Verse could could be a top three pick mm-hmm. um, and be very solid. You know, I think the question of like should he have went back to school? He probably would have been a first round pick. Yeah. Um, but I think that man, I think the upside's there to go back and and dominate and become a top. You know, t- like I said, top three, top five player. Uh, but uh, he's going to be a nice base four three end. I think he can stand up versatility's there like i think he's just got the full package that's why he's my number one yeah i'm with you i i was kind of dumbfounded when he returned to school because i thought he was going to be you know like a top three guy in that in that category there but uh six four two fifty one do you think that the 40 time will will kind of declare where he goes like if he runs a four six or if he runs a you know a high four five shandy do you think that will matter at all uh, I mean, I, I don't think it will if the explosion and agility drills are good. 
Right. You know, I right. think that's what's going to depend. If he has the vert and the broad, then I think you can overlook those things, which I think he will. Uh, you know, I wonder if we end up seeing like the three cone and the shuttle. I think that's yeah. the one question I have. So that lateral mobility, but it's a small question for the production he put on. Yeah, tape. I mean, you, you talked about the bull rush with the last gentleman. I, I mean, versus bull rush is just in, impeccable. He, he's, 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 he can get low and compact and just literally explode out of a cannon. And, and, and these offensive linemen are already on their heels and they're, they're stumbling back and he's already full motion right off the line. So it's hard to stop that guy. Like I said, I was dumbfounded on why he came back. Um, but right now he, he's pretty much, I mean, they haven't played any football this year, but he's locked in as the number one guy, pretty much a consensus across the board at the edge for me. His versatility and athleticism is just crazy. May 17th, 2023, hot take. Jared versus the first player drafted that plays at the Senior Bowl this year. Ooh. I think I think it's a hot take that he's playing at the Senior Bowl this year. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the hot take, right? <laughs> like, what? Well, well, yeah. Hey, yeah. hey. I'm calling it the Jermaine Johnson factor. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. You can try that. Uh, we'll see. Uh Nino, anybody you want to talk about before we move on? Uh, let me see here. On the defensive side, on the edge side, um, Gio Chop is my guy. So, yeah, I, I think that that's going to be – we covered a lot of guys. So yeah, that, we did. Like I'll, I'll toss out uh, Leatu Latu from UCLA. I think I think it's the only other guy that needs mention that has a shot at going in the first round. Uh, I thought he got better throughout the season. Very, very solid, but maybe some of the best hands of an edge rusher in this class so far. Another guy I thought could have ended up in that late first round mix had he uh, declared for the draft. My guy right. Praise out of UTEP. I'll mess up his last name. Uh, I don't know. How to say um, it. Um, I, I t- yeah, yeah, keep um, an eye out on him. Maywale, yeah, yeah he, he's a dude. Obviously, not many people out there studying UTEP, but I, I like. What I've seen is handwork, how he can, he can get, get get low and quick and get around the edge. I, I think uh, he could climb. He bends incredibly well. Yeah, so t- keep an eye out on that guy. All right, let's move on to the interior of the defensive line here. And I, let's start with the Amazon, right? Uh, Mason Smith uh, out of LSU. Uh, they tend to put those guys into the NFL, those uh, big interior pass rushers, right? So 6'5", 316, third-year player. Uh, talk to me about Mr. Smith. It just, just does not play. I think he, he actually like plays so much smaller as a pass rusher than 316. And then – but you see the, the – reach and the wingspan against the run you're like oh wow this guy's actually not like 285 290 and and to me that that's always a good indication like whoa you know this player is really good um so i i I think he's just uh has a ton of upside ultimately and you know was a top recruit uh is very interesting in terms of moving around that defense they utilize them in a bunch of different ways just 20 years old but uh I think he can really he really adjusts himself to the 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 offense and what they're doing. I don't know if there's a better two way player in terms of athleticism, explosion, pass rush, and you know run stuffing than uh, Mason Smith. So I'm excited to see what he does this year now with a full time kind of role. A guy's so athletic and so in shape, and then he hurts himself celebrating a tackle. 
right? He's out, <laughs> out for the year with an ACL injury. Like, I, I man, like, talk about bad luck. Listen, this his spin move is like Robert Mathis. Like, we're going like old school, uh, like defensive lineman. Like, he can, he, he's insane. Like, it's so quick. His athleticism with his spin move, he's like in, in the backfield and wreaking havoc right away. Obviously, we didn't get to see any of that last year, but he's got super duper high motor and, and he can chase running backs down with the best of them. So, uh, his length, like, like Shane said, is what is just elite for him. I wish we could have seen it last year. Obviously, you know, the ACL injury was a problem. Hopefully, there's no injuries. There's no, you know, lingering effects. And I would love to see him just stuffing people in the run this year for LSU. I think LSU is a sleeper team. If you look at their, their whole team across the board, outside of Daniels, it's hard to find a hole. Me and Shane are going to fight over that LSU Florida State game on opening weekend. I, I can see this coming already. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah. I, I'm a I'm a Daniels, I'm a Jordan uh, Travis guy, but I don't know if Daniels can hold that job the whole time with Newsomaya lacking in the background. There, he's hungry. All right, so another Georgia guy here, Nazir Stackhouse. Is he the next in line? Yeah. I, I think he is. Like, I, I think a lot of people are kind of sleeping on Nazir Stackhouse at this point. Uh, but he, you know, he was second team All AC, ACC, and you know, when he got in the game, he made an impact. I think that was the key. Is you watched him play, and you said, "This he's next." Like he 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 was doing the things that Jalen Carter was doing. Um, so I, I I'm ready for Nazir Stackhouse. I think everyone else needs to get ready too. It's by week four. Everyone's going to say, oh, yeah, whoops. Why, why do we not see this coming? It's exactly what's going to happen. I, I'm, I'm, I'm a little concerned. I don't know. 6'3, 320. That's not a big guy for as much weight. I want to see how fast he's going to be coming off, off the line. Um, I know Jalen Carter struggled to stay in games down the stretch there, and especially in, in the CFB playoff. There was times he was taking plays off because he was gassed. And his pro day, he was ten pounds, you know, overweight. We we all know that. But when he was in the game and he was fully in shape, that man was a problem. I don't know if Stackhouse has that dog like Carter did. You know what I mean? Uh it'll be interesting to see if he can live up live up to the shoes that he's got to fill. Right? I mean, he played over four hundred snaps, but he only had nine QB parties, two hits. Like I know Carter was there. I'm gonna need to see the, the numbers what? though. Look, there's a reason why he was he was all team SEC without the stats. Like you know, you saw it. I think now with Barry Alexander gone, you're gonna have Stackhouse yeah. next to Michael Williams. It's you know that that duo is gonna be right up there. So, so you don't I, think I'm, the I'm Georgia, mistake there. You don't think the Georgia defense takes a hit this year? No, not you think nope. they just keep on on trucking? Yeah, I, I I don't see I don't see the hit coming for them. Like. I think Chet Shambliss is good. Like, I, I, I think I think his defense is still locked in and loaded up with all this talent. Who are they going to take a hit from? Who, who, who's as good as Nolan Smith? Marvin Jones Jr. Is it just as good as Nolan Smith? I mean, I, I, I think he's he has that type of athleticism. You know, he can put it. I mean, he could do do those similar things. I, I think it's going to be a good defense. I think Stackhouse is going to be a big reason why. 
I'm gonna have to I'll have to eat crow on that one if you're right, Shane. You can we'll see. Or, or vice versa, you know. When, <laughs> when it's sex, you can come come back. <laughs> All right, let's move on. Let's go to the Midwest now, and let's look at Illinois and Jerzon Newton. I like this guy. Yeah, like another him. player. Not yeah, another player I thought could come out this year. Yeah, I think it would have been, you know, a, a pretty a, a pretty big time. Maybe not a first round pick, but I think we've been a day two pick. Just the the run game penetration, I think, is so good. Uh, he rarely gets hit cleanly, which for a defensive tackle is pretty rare. And so I think when you kind of combine those things, you see someone that can get in the backfield, making big plays, good tackle technique for a, a guy his size. Um, I think Newton's just very very solid, uh, and and would it could play five tech, could play three tech. I think, I think there's some positioning that he could do in the NFL. So uh, I'm a fan. He's my number two in the class. Yeah, You said, like, he really gets stopped. I mean, he, he does. He never touches the ground, right? I mean, I go back. To, I guess that would have to go back to his high school wrestling days. He was a wrestler back in high school. So he's got that athleticism uh, with him as well. I mean, he, he's a dude. Like, like James, he could have came out uh, this year and, and probably been in, in top of his class. 660 snaps, you know what I mean? Uh, 34 run stops. The guy just is a run stuffer. And, and he gets pressure. 54 uh, total pressures in the backfield. I like him a lot. He wasn't a guy I talked about this year because obviously Witherspoon was a dude coming out of Illinois. But, I mean, this this guy was a dude. And he, he, he's he got a motor. This guy don't stop either. So, uh, I'm, a, I'm a big fan. I, I'm with Shane on this one as well. I, I think he's going to be a dude. Yeah, I, I'm with both of y'all. Uh, another guy who I think has that potential for versatility inside or outside in is uh, Leonard Taylor the third from Miami. He's a guy I, I wasn't very aware of, and then I started seeing a lot of hype coming around him on some of these early lists. So uh, what are your thoughts on uh, Leonard Taylor? He, he's, he's interesting. You know, he's kind of one of those tweener guys that I'm not exactly sure where he plays that – I don't think he has necessarily the the edge ability, but inside, uh, I, you know, I think there could be some questions. Um, but man, I mean, I mean, you, you pop on the film, and he he's just living in the backfield against these running backs. You know, he gets there, he makes it happen. So, and I'm like, guys, ah, is he big enough? Is he strong enough? And and then he's just making plays on a defense that I think really needed playmakers. So I definitely want to see more. Uh, I think I'm a little bit lower on him maybe than consensus. I didn't have him in the first round. Um, but uh, I think the potential is definitely there to dominate this year. This is my dude. Uh, I put my guy Dino onto him when he was, you know, doing his uh, top guys returning in each position. That he, As a true freshman, he had 21 tackles, eight and a half tackles lost in two sacks in nine games. Right? He just He just jumped off the screen. And then last year, 24 tackles, 10 and a half tackles for us, and another three sacks and a pick. So he's got hands that he he was only he only trailed Kaliza Canty in P5 interior lineman. Uh, he was 19.5% pass rush win rate and then 16.2% pressure rate win rate. Like the dude's got it. And I know he's a tweener, but he, he just he finds a way to get in the backfield. He finds a way to, to just cause teams to come off what they were supposed to do whether it was to run make the guy take a different angle or the QB has to look another way this guy's got it I mean like I said he only trailed Cansey so and as a true freshman he ate I think 
Leonard Taylor is going to rise midseason. People are gonna be like, "Where were we on this guy, and, and why did we not see him?" Because I think the Hurricanes and Crystal Ball had a terrible season, five games into it last year, and everybody checked out on the Hurricanes. But, but Lennon, you know, he evolved. Two guys we don't have to do a whole lot of deep dive into, but I just thought it was notable that both of them carried Senior Bowl invitations last year, and one even accepted. Rook or Horhoro from Clemson and Fabian Lovett, Florida State, both carried senior bowl invitations last year, but decided to go back to school. Yeah, yeah, I, I think uh, Orhoro is the better of the two. Um, I, I think he is a, a rock solid player, rock solid tackler. Um, you know, they really had him almost kind of two gapping there early, and then you know, then he started to kind of lay it lay it on later in the season and get into the backfield, start pass rushing a little bit. So I think you saw development from him that I, I didn't quite see from Fabian Lovett. Now I think I think Lovett has some talent, but is kind of you know not super impressive. Like there's nothing when you, when you watch him, you're like, oh man, this guy's like so so good. So I'm interested to see if he can take it up a level. Uh, but uh, Horo's probably one of my favorites. I think he could be a, a riser this year. Uh, ultimately. That's why I love being on shows with you, Shane. Cause I feel like naturally we just, we just butt heads because I love, love it. Uh, I feel like love <laughs> it. I mean, he had a small sample size. He got injured last year. Right. So he played seven games. Is that what it was? I, I'm pretty sure there was an injury to him. Um, yeah. Uh, but dude, he's a technician and he has a motor that does not stop. Uh, I, the only thing that I need to see a little bit more is, getting to the QB, right? He's a good run stopper, but he gets in the backfield, but he doesn't necessarily get pressures to the quarterback. He had no sacks last year in those seven games that he did play. So that's something that I need to see. But, I mean, he's good in the 3-4, right? He can play inside out. He's got good strength and balance. Um, I, I, He's quick to react to the ball. He, he, he's he got good vision when it comes to running and, and, and filling in the lanes. So I like Love it. I, I think Florida State's stacked on the defensive side this year with a lot of guys that returned as well. Um, yeah. But, uh, it'll be interesting to see. I, I, you need to be healthy. He's got to stay healthy if he's going to want to, you know, stay in that realm of a top guy. Last, uh, before we move on, uh, kind of like we do with the edge guys, anybody we missed out here that you guys want to add in on? Uh, I mean, we have the Ohio State duo on this side too. <laughs> like, I think, I think Tyleek Williams is, uh, you know, is kind of the nose tackle there who had a couple games that he took over. Uh, Mike Hall had the most sacks on, on high state's team last year. He's, he might not even start this year, uh, but is still, you know, a penetrating presence. Uh, so, you know, I don't know how you can kind of grade that, but I think Tyreek Williams has a first round shot of his size and athleticism. Uh, I'm going to go with a guy that, that Shane's probably not too high on. I'm not really sure he's got him. He probably out of his top 10, but uh, Baylor's uh, Gabe Hall. Uh, my man's got like hands like E Honda. All right. He's just, he just, yeah, exactly. He's that, that's, that's his attribute. He's in there. He, he just throws people around, gets them up there. He's savvy. He's versatile. He's got, he's got the instincts of an edge rusher, but he plays on, he can play on the inside. He's got a spin move. Um, yeah, 18 QB hurries, four, four hit, uh, hits and four sacks last year. And he had 500 snaps. I mean, 500 snaps for a defensive interior lineman. Uh, I'll, I'll take it. So he's a guy to watch out. Like, obviously, um, He's undersized a little bit, so you're going to have to watch that. And as a pass rusher, he's a little bit raw. 
So uh, that's probably why Shane's got him a little lower than than I do. But I I, I think he he's a dude. And I, like I said, when it comes to run stuff. He he's stuffing him. Yeah, big time athlete. Uh, so yeah. yeah, I think if we can see that rawness, he's he's number eleven. That's all. He's just he's all right, right there. Okay. He's right there. He's right there. Good stuff. All right, let's move on to linebackers here. And I mean, there's there's the guy at the top, and that's Jeremiah Trotter Jr. Right? I mean, he is he is the guy of amongst this linebacker group. He's small, six foot two ten. That's an issue for me. But uh, definitely got the legacy, and he's a playmaker. Yeah. Look, I, I, I mean, just watching him in, in that bowl game, I, I even, like, I, I think I even mistakenly wrote him up in my bowl game article because I was like, he's just, he was so good. <laughs> and he wasn't, you know, you know, I knew he wasn't eligible, and I was like, oh, my God. Like, you know, he was just all over the place making plays, trying to, like, will this team to victory. I think Jeremiah Trotter has, you know, he has that hard-hitting ability. You know, he's – we you know, we talk about Trenton Simpson, right, this year, went, went day two in the NFL draft. I think Jeremiah Trotter has that same athleticism, but he has the instincts. Yes. He can read the offense. He hits the right spot. He has the angles. And it's like, wow, you know, that's all I wanted from Trenton Simpson the whole year, and yep. here, he, here it is. So that I, that's why I think he's spectacular. You know, first-round pick. I'll probably have him there till we have a clear cut. Like, I don't know for an off ball linebacker. I think it's hard to do, uh, but uh, I think he's going to be a, a good one. I'm, I'm a Trenton Simpson guy. I love Trenton Simpson. And I've been saying that Trent, uh, Trotter Jr. is better than Trenton Simpson. Okay. And you're going to, he's going to, you're going to show that in a full season where he's the guy, you know, the numbers that he put up last year, it was in a small sample size. He was just playing on rotation. He wasn't even like the main guy. Now he's going to be the main guy, and he is going to dominate. He plays bigger than his size. I know he's a little undersized, but he plays bigger than his size. He's fast. He's got a good closing speed. He can he can rock you in close range too. So if you ain't paying attention, you're gonna come up looking at the side of your helmet. Uh, I, I just the pedigree's there, right? He's playing on a, on a big team. He's been playing with some talented dudes who've gone to the NFL, and he's been balling out with the talent around him. I think he, he doesn't have to take much of a step just to, to be that guy. Yeah, he's he's a one guy I'm anxious to I haven't watched him a lick yet. So I'm I'm anxious <laughs> to get up to, to see what he's all about. A guy I have watched because uh you know he was eligible last year, I think has a chance to be this year's Jack Campbell, highly productive and going to probably test really well and has good size, and that's Tommy Eichenberg from Ohio State. I feel like we're talking about Ohio State a lot. This is this is bullcrap. But, uh, <laughs> but I can Eichenberg's a stud. Uh, man, I mean, he he played so well this year. Like you said, I think he has the athleticism. You saw the development from a, a read and react uh, ability. I thought he was a little bit slow coming into last year in terms of seeing what's happening, reacting to it. He kind of let those second level runs happen. Um, but we saw him really clean that up, and I think it helped Ohio State win. Uh, a, a lot of games last season and he was, you know, the cornerstone of that defense. So um, yeah, I, I think day two, Tommy Eichenberg is going to be a rock solid inside backer can play a little bit outside. I think he has the ability to rush a little bit. Uh, I like the versatility. Uh, I'm interested to see how his stock kind of goes uh, moving forward. Cause he, he you know, he was kind of saddled with in, in that defense, 
um, you know, the kind of the green dot ability, right, of, of calling the defense and making every sure it was the right place. And that's a complex defense. I, I think that has to be uh, mentioned too. Yeah, I was going to say the same thing. He can definitely wear the green dot at the next level. My concern with Tommy is bro, wrap up. Stop being a guy that tries to, you know, hand tackle, grab in the jersey and throw down. Like, wrap, wrap him up. Because if you look at his missed tackles, a lot of them were he was just handsy. Like, he, he was a grab and tackle guy. For a guy that's got that physicality and that mode, just wrap him up, take him to the ground. Don't, don't try to be, you know, cute with it. And then, like, when you get upfield and you want to be the violent hitter, just commit. Because sometimes I feel like he's like, ah, that, that, I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to get him or I'm going to go at him. But. He's got it. I mean, like you said, he's probably the closest to a Jack Campbell in this class um, because he can play uh, off the ball a little bit. And it, when you're getting downhill, I mean, he, he's just snot bubbles. That's, he's that old school Vladimir, the program. I'm going to just blow you up, lean over you, stare at you, get back in the next play and do it again. So I, I'm with you. Always good to get a program reference. In best there, uh, best football know. movie ever. It, it, it's not even close. No, it's not. <laughs> it's, it's, it's really not. Uh a guy I anticipate I will watch a great number of times this year as I watch the Sun Belt more than most. And I just want to talk about him is Jason Henderson from Old Dominion. How productive was he last year, Shane? Because it, it felt like it was up there every week. Yeah, look, only 186 tackles. I, that's I, it. You know, I don't think <laughs> I, I don't think that's uh that's too much. Uh, I mean just the the, the sideline to sideline ability, like Jason Henderson, you know, the Old Dominion defense was really interesting because Henderson was basically, I, I, I thought, just doing everything. Like everyone else was like blocked and not doing anything. And he's, he's getting off of blocks. He's making things happen. I was like, oh my goodness, you know, th- th- this guy's wild. So I, I just watching him command that defense. And I really think the agility is there, too, because that was always the question when you talk about a player from the G5. Uh, is, is the athleticism going to hold up or is it going to fall like a tank in the draft for that? And I think Henderson has some of that athletic ability, closing speed. I think it's there. So, I mean, if he, if he gets another 180 tackles, I think a team's going to take him pretty early. Yeah, I, listen, 180 tackles, but no sacks. Look, he got, he got a solid one. I think he got a solid one sack, you know? I'm, I'm, I'm just saying. That's the only thing. Hey, listen, I'm with it. But he's built like a DB, right? What is he, like 220, 226 foot, 220? Like, he's like he's like a big safety out there. So, like, maybe at the NFL he's, you know, he'll he'll play the nickel position. I know he's a 4-3 will guy, right? That's what he, he plays now. He's good, like you said, sideline to sideline. Obviously, you know. How good was Old Dominion's defense? So 180 tackles. Does that mean that, that your defense was letting you know you constantly would letting them get past the line of scrimmage? And that's yes, how you yes, yes, they, they were. That, that wasn't his job. Like, you know, his job was to clean up that second level. And they, I mean, he, that's what he was doing. But you know, uh, if you if you watch him against the outside runs, I mean, that's where he closed okay. hit behind the line. You know, that's that, that was that was the uh the piece on the outside stuff. So I just think he's 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 small, right? He's just a small small yeah, right. linebacker. You know, I know I know the modern NFL's gone to that 6'3", 235, 240 style like linebacker. Six foot two twenty-five scares me a little bit at the next level. Absolutely. But he's got a motor, like you said, he's a run stopper, and he he's his his vision for angles, like you said to get to the outside. It's like it's like Superman. Like he just man, and then he's got that red beam and he goes. Uh but I want to know how much of that 180-something tackles had to do with the defense being putrid. They weren't. They had 
they had a couple of DBs that were okay. Yeah. I think they had uh, one got drafted and one ended up in a camp. So, okay. That was about it, though. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. The defensive line was not, was yeah. not good. <laughs> you know what I mean? But, hey, hey, and he yeah, runs a 4740. Right. Like, that's not fast for a guy who's only six foot 225. So, I don't think he's going to enter this draft anyway, but I just want to talk about him because I'm going to end up watching him a lot this year. Uh, <laughs> before I turn it over to you guys to add in a couple other names, uh, Jackson Mitchell, UConn. I think he's going to end up being a guy not dissimilar from Dayon Henley last year that ends up down at the Senior Bowl and comes out the big name that week and ends up as a top 100 pick. Yeah, yeah, you, you you like him, Nino? I, I like him. I think in coverage, he's really good, and he's like he's compact, right? He, he he hits like a truck when 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 necessary. Like that's not his main mo, but like QBs that target him, and when he dropped back in coverage, they had an eighty nine QBR. Like he, he had a couple pass breakups, so he's got hands. My my main thing with like Pace and Henley at the Senior Bowl is that I felt like they kind of got ate up in in the pass coverage. I feel like this dude with the same structure and stuff does well in the pass coverage. So I think as a pass coverage linebacker, he's good. Now, if it comes to getting downfield, getting to the QB, he had five sacks. I, I don't know the transition from, you know, UConn to the NFL if he's going to be able to be that downhill smashing linebacker. But I think he can be a coverage guy. Yeah, I think, look, I think that's where the NFL's moving, right? I think it's why Henley works well, where you could have Mitchell playing the inside, cleaning up those tackles, yes. you know, taking the big hits, and then hey, dropping back into a shallow zone or yeah. uh, making that move against uh, a motioning tight end. So I think that versatility is going to help him. I think the upside's there. I do think similar to, you know, to Henderson, not to that extent. I think UConn was a, a better team than a lot of us anticipated, but that the defensive line, once again, was just bad. You know, he was cleaning up so much um, that sometimes I think you, you, it's tough to see the full skill set. So maybe we'll see it this year. 140 tackles for him. So, uh, you know, that, that was, was a lot of the similar things. Right. Uh, anybody else you guys want to add in here? Shake, I asked you a question about a linebacker. If you had yeah. to take Junior Colson or the general, we're going to talk UGA or, or Mondin. Who do you like? Because oh. I don't, I don't think. My, you got is Mondin on the same playing field as, as Nolan? No, it, no, I, I don't think so. I think it's different. I think they play different positions. You know, I think Smell Mondin from Georgia is going to be more of that Nicobe Dean type of okay. you know playing in the middle. Um, I, I think he flashed some of the pass coverage ability. He's going to be more kind of the the cleanup middle linebacker. Uh, they're back-to-back -back my rankings. I have Junior Colson from Michigan at five uh, and Smith Mondin at four. Like, I think Mondin has a little bit more of the athleticism. I think Colson has a little bit more maybe of the pass rush ability and bend. Yeah. I think it's going to be uh, – I, I think they're going to be two good ones, though, um, ultimately for this class. Yeah, I like Junior being in the Big Ten, going against big running backs, teams that run the ball. So you, you, you got to get downhill. You got to get to the guy. And then when they, you know, when when that QB is going to attempt to throw the ball in the Big Ten, just to eat him up because there's not many good QBs in the Big Ten outside of my guy Kyle McCord, <laughs> who hasn't even played yet. So and he's still uh, going to be the best QB in that in that in that whole conference, and he's probably going to be top five when when it all said and done. Uh, Eric Gentry, Southern Cal, Shane. Uh, well, before we move to corners. Yeah, he's a player I like more than consensus. Uh, at Arizona State, he I, I thought he 
really did well in that defense and flashed some pass coverage ability and then made the transfer this year, uh, you know, got hurt. Uh, but, you know, he, he's such a good tackler, even as a, a kind of a small size. You know, he's, he's tall, he's long, he's small. He doesn't look like a typical linebacker. Like, but he's one of those guys that could toss him in the edge. We could toss him at nickel. We could toss him, uh, drop back and cover. We can let him go after the running back. I, I like the versatility uh, of Eric Gentry. I think he's a name to watch for USC this year. Well, don't forget about his teammate now. Come on, Shane. His teammate transferred over from Oklahoma State with a high motor, 85-plus 80, tackles in Mason Cobb. I, I think Mason Cobb is going to eat in the Pac-12, especially with Gentry being there. It, Mason Cobb is going to be in the gap destroying people. This year, I feel like he's not going to have to be that dude. What he's going to look like that dude because of what he's surrounded by, and now he's free to go and do whatever he wants. Yeah, look, uh, I think uh, very possible. So uh, I'd be interested to see see how Cobb does this year. Like I said, the Southern Cal defense they definitely invested to yeah. make that much better going forward. They needed to. That was the reason why they lost. <laughs> All right, we now move on to corners, and let's let's go to the all-name team here, uh, Nino. <laughs> let's talk about your man, Kool-Aid McKinstry. Uh, I don't care about any Ohio State Buckeye DB. Denzel Burke better show me something before they announce him DB1 because Kool-Aid came in there and told Eli Ricks, here's my helmet, homie, hold it. And I'm going to show you how to be DB1. And he did that last year. He was locked down. They ch they challenged him early. And they stopped challenging him midseason because they realized that he's that guy. He's in your neck, right? He's in your hip pocket. Off the line, he can play physical. He's got a great back pedal from his neck to his waist. He's solid. Like he, he He's not like a spaghetti noodle out there. Kool-Aid McKenzie is him for the DB class. And I think by the end of the season, everybody's going to realize that he's better than Denzel Burke. And he's going to go off the board first. Yeah, look at no, no, we're talking. I mean, I think Colin McKinstry's great. Uh, I, I think both of those players have the ability. I think Burke and uh, McKinstry both both are you know top twenty five guys in the class. I think I think what Nino said was correct. You know where he's he he's he's tough. I mean, he plays tough. Uh, returns punts like he and he doesn't take a hit, like he'll hit you back, yeah. uh, whether it be re returning the punt or, or at, as a defensive back. Uh, so I like how he gets his nose in there. I, I, I do think, I think the back pedal smooth, I think instinctually, I, I want to see some improvements, but he's, um, he's definitely getting there. And I think we could really see him take off. I, I think this corner class at the top is going to be pretty good. I will say one thing I've noticed about Kool-Aid outside of most of the DBs in the top five is he's got a bicycle back pedal. Doesn't T step. Burke got a T step. I feel like people that, that that do the bicycle can explode off that, right? It's like so it's they're so smooth, there's no conversion. It's back, 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 and then boom, right into the closing or going to the next move. I feel like sometimes with the T step, it's like you got a bit of the delay because you turn your foot to the side, then you got to stop and then push off the other one. So yeah, the, the only thing is you better be you better be ready. Like yeah, you know, you yeah. better be making the right choice, right? right? Because you you there's no going back. And so I think I think there were, he had a couple moments. Where yeah, you know, no, he kind of explode yeah. too fast. So it was I think experience is going to help this year for you know for McKinstry for sure. I'm with you. So uh, the name that's getting a lot of buzz on the Twitter machine has been Kalen <laughs> King from Penn State. 
Like he, he's, I mean, what, what do you want with a Penn state DB, right? Like he, you know, he has the athletic ability. I think of the tremendous upside um, and the playmaking ability. So when you get a guy who is going to run in the four fours, you know, that's strong off the line and, and can play the ball, uh, you know, that's, that's going to get noticed. Um, I think Kalen King to me, isn't as tough against the run. You know, I think he, he's a coverage guy that's going to kind of make plays. And that, as we saw in the draft with Emmanuel Forbes, like teams want that. They want guys that can take the, make this interception, make the big play. So, so I, I kind of get the hype, but I mean, there's so many times uh, that I just, I just wish, you know, after, after a guy did catch a ball that he would tackle better. And some of those little things that frustrate you, I think as a fan are there. I think it's, it's things that can get cleaned up and we could be talking about a stud when all said and done here. Uh, but I, I mean, he's number four on my board right now. I, I like King, but just like Joe, you know, Kenny Pickett reaped the benefits of Jordan Addison and went first round. Uh, King definitely reaped the benefits of Joey Porter Jr. being there last year. Yes. All right. True. He was covering wide receiver two or three. Now, granted, when you're, when you're that guy and Joey's a shutdown, they're going to, you know, target you more. But the guy you're covering is most likely less talented than the wide receiver one, right? And like you said, Shane, uh, he t- tends to want to be like a home run hitter. Like he wants to take it to the crib. That the Trayvon Diggs uh, effect is what I call it with yeah. these guys now. And, and teams are buying in because they see that they can put points on the board. So, yeah, they may get burnt a couple times in, in the game, but there's a chance they can take one to the crib or, or put them in a better field position to, to score. So I understand where they're coming from. I want to see you being a dude, right? Because there's no lacking no more. Like, you you got to be able to if, – if a guy gets physical with you at the line of scrimmage, you be able to, be able to break those hands and get in the backfield to stop the run or, or the screen or whatever it may be. Joey did that with ease. That was his MO, being a physical DB, and he could play the pass. King right now is known as a coverage dude. I got to see you be that dude. Lock it down, play physical at the line of scrimmage, even hit some tight ends because you weren't anywhere in that realm last year. I need to see that this year. One more guy that I want to bring up, and then I'll, I'll let you guys have it, uh, just because I I know the NFL is going to the length guys, right? And I don't know how much he's played up to this point, but Jason Marshall from Florida, 6'2", 180. Uh, is he ready to, to come in and play? Is he like Kyer Elam was a couple of years ago, a potential first-round pick? I, I think he has that kind of potential. You know, Like you said, I, I think when you have that kind of length and, and and size to him, there's a lot of upside in what Jason Marshall does. You know, I, I just see someone that is always kind of in that hip pocket, you know, similar, similar to McKinstry. I think McKinstry does a little bit better. I think Marshall has a little bit more of that kind of size and length to work at the line and then stick with a guy down the field. Rock, you know, rock solid, uh, not, not a big play guy. He doesn't play the ball. I wish the instincts were there a little bit more. But you see the first round or top 50 potential with Jason Marshall. So it's a good, you know, it's a good top, top five, top 10 in this corner class. I think we could have another good one here. I think Marshall could be one of those players that uh, looks good. Yeah, uh, I, I like him. He gives, like you said, he's always in the hip pocket. He reminds me of a guy that's at the Senior Bowl this year that showed up and showed out when Riley Moss. I know he's a little bit bigger than Riley Moss, but the, the style of play when it comes to coverage, I feel like Marshall has that. He's right there. Even if, if he, the guy beats him at the line. He can close, get to him, and then like he's just stuck to him. Like, he he he's glue. He's he's all around. His, and 
I, I, I like Marshall, but there's a couple of guys at, at, at the latter end of this top 10 that I really like a lot. Um, Tony Grimes, man. I don't really know why he went to Texas A&M. Uh, but I, I love Tony Grimes. I think that he can he probably can work himself with a good yeah. I know he's got Tyree Chappell on the other side, right? So they got two two guys, but he's bigger than Chappell. He's almost 200 pounds. I think Chappell's like 180 or 185 or something like that. Uh Tony Grimes is a dog, right? He 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 played with, with Storm Duck and they both were elite last year. Uh, he's another guy that's physical in your throat, right? He doesn't take no no crap from any any receiver. You're not gonna hand check him out the way and get by him off the line of scrimmage. Um, he could get a little bit more cleaner in his back pedal, Grimes, but uh, he makes plays on the ball. He's a playmaker, so I like Grimes, and I I think Shane might like this gentleman as well. Um, Max Melton, Shane, you like you like Melton out of out of Rutgers? I think Rutgers is they they do do well with secondary, right? I know Billy Billy Belichick likes the the Rutgers secondary guys. So, what are your thoughts on on Max? I think the upside is tremendous. I mean, I think he's going to be a four, three, five, or faster guy. He's going to be one of the fastest players in this draft. Um, and but like at that speed, I, I'm always like, man, just play the ball, just get get that interception, you know. And uh, so I, I, there's there's a little more I want to see out of him. But uh, th- you know, three block kicks, like special teams guy too. I think I probably have him lower than he'll go. I think Melton's going to be a rock solid top 100 pick, like almost lock it in now. And then I had another guy, and I know Brian always tells me I'm the name guy, uh, and that's going to be uh, Darian Deuce Chestnut. He just transferred to LSU. Uh, I like him a lot. I think he's got all the talent. Quick feet, really quick at like closing. He can turn on a dime. Um, his back pedal is smooth. He's got a tall frame. He's got a wide reach, and – He's another guy that's like uh, for a DB when it comes to hands at the line of scrimmage, man. He's really physical with his hands, and he doesn't get, really get get smoked. I know he's coming off an injury; he didn't really practice much this spring. Um, but talk to me what you think about Deuce. I, I like him. I think he can creep up. I think he's a good nickel, you know, and so I think that limits maybe Deuce Chestnut's ceiling. You know, I, I think at Syracuse he was very consistent, like you said, at the right. line of scrimmage, using his hands. Like I think there's a lot of good things to like. He's one of those players that. When I watch, I'm like, this guy's awesome. And then I start evaluating traits from an NFL perspective. I'm like, I don't know if they're going to like him. You know, but so I think the jump to LSU is good because I think we're going to learn real quick. You know, right. do, do just that can hold up the NFL or not. Uh, so I think we could be talking about him as like second round pick or sixth round okay. pick when all of a sudden down. I think he'll be the way. All right. I'm with that. We have not talked about near enough South Carolina players tonight. This does not bode well. well I, I think you watched that defense season. last year, Brian. So you know why. And they're all gone. It's yeah, that's the problem. That they it's all not good. Won. Not good. Yeah, you mentioned Tony Grimes. South Carolina was in the running for him. He should have gone to DBU instead of Texas A&M. That's that's just sad. Yeah. <laughs> all right. You want to want to proclaim DBU? Sure. Why not? Let's move on to safety uh, as we wrap things up here. Uh, you know, Shane, you have a couple of guys rated ahead of him, but I know, speaking of South Carolina, and I worked that in there, one of the reasons that they were able to beat Clemson last year is because Andrew McCullough did not play for most of that game or at all in that game. I can't remember if he really, if, I can't remember if he got ejected or if he just didn't play an entire game. I can't remember. It was one or the other. I was at Disney during the game, so I was a little in and out. <laughs> out of it to be honest but uh talk to me about macaba and 
and and how he fits in this safety class. I mean, he flies. He, he flies to the football. I think he plays downhill. Uh, change of direction for Andrew Macaba is really good. And, you know, I, they gave him a lot of responsibility on his shoulders. So you don't necessarily see the, the, the stats. I don't think he's a player that's, you know, they put a position to, to make interceptions or be more instinctual. But um, I, I think Macaba was, you know, always kind of at the line of scrimmage, almost – you know, it, it almost reminded me of like Troy Polamalu, where like he'd, he'd be in the line and then like, nope, I'm going back, right? Like, I, like I need, I'm needed here, I'm needed here, I'm needed here, and so to take that kind of responsibility on to me at a school like Clemson uh, just speaks a lot. So I mean, he's he's squarely in my top five safeties in this class. For a guy who could play single high safety and come right down and cover a guy in a slot, that that that's, that that speaks volumes. That's versatility right there. I mean, you can see. He's got, you know, like a high football IQ. He's fat, 4-3, right? I think that's what you're on, 4-3-3, three, three, uh, yeah. 40. The speed is just is just ridiculous. Uh, and and like, like Shane said, he's just a, he's a cerebral player. If you look at him back there, he is in the quarterback's helmet. You know what I mean? Like, he, he just sees nothing else. He's reading QB's eyes, and he's instinctful. Uh, I like McCumber. I, I think he's a dude. Um I wish he was a little bit more on the ball. Like I wish he had a little bit more like playmaking skills because he really, he really, really does it. And last year, the thing that scares me, he's had like a hundred, like a one twenty eight QBR when targeted. Like obviously, I get he's a safety, but man, that 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 that's the only like knock on him that I, that I got. But I, I I like McCumber a lot. I think he's a dude. There's a couple of guys in here that are dudes. Is Javon Bullard one of those dudes? Shane's number one rated safety right now out of Georgia. Yeah, he's he, he's definitely a dude. <laughs> he, he's a man, 5'11", 180 pounds, right? Four five forty. He, he's a guy. He's he got instinctful. He can, he can. The thing with him is his route reading is great. Like he can adapt on the fly. If these guys want to switch up routes on him. He can. He's smooth when it changes. If he needs to be in coverage, like, is he, does he remind you of a Bama guy from from this last draft class at all? Shane Bullard, yeah. Um, who who are you thinking? I I feel like he reminds me more of um not battle the other gentleman Branch. Brian Branch. Yeah, yeah. You know, I I I I think that uh, I think he has that kind of playing bigger than he is, right? Which right. We saw with Brian Branch the the, the tackle ability, the right. even wrap up ability. I was impressed with 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 Bullard too. So I'm kind of with you there. I mean, just, just watch the playoff, watch the two games and it's either, you know, obviously the, you know, the hit on Marvin Harrison, everyone remembers whatever, but like throughout that Ohio state game, you know, he is just like, like Nino said, closing to that football, you know, shot out of a cannon. Like he's making a play. He's reading the route. He's getting there before the receiver gets there. If he can't break up the pass, he's stopping you. And then at TCU, he, I, I felt like you knew what, TC was doing right. These are the biggest games of the year for Georgia. You got to make plays. He makes two interceptions. Yeah, he, I think I think he's just phenomenal. I and I'm surprised. I don't. Other people do not have him very high, and, and I, I don't know. I'm floored by it. The way he was able to manipulate Quinn right in that second, like he played like he was playing, you know, safety over the top. But then he would like right as before they would snap the ball, he would slide back. So he was like literally playing mind games with Dugan. Like, all right, you can't go to him because I'm there. And then as soon as he would go away, he was able to just pull off. And and his like his, his cerebral, it, it, it's crazy. Um, 
And and the whole hit on Marvin Harrison, yeah, that was kind of an ugly hit. But the nine minutes before that hit, Marvin Harrison was eliminated. Like they had figured out a way to kind of eliminate him. All right, let's let's not go too far. You know, I don't think that's true. But yeah. they, they was like, <laughs> <laughs> we can fight about that one later. But uh... he didn't have a catch for like a quarter and a half. <laughs> right? Oh, 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 did my eyes play tricks on me? There was like a quarter and a half, but he didn't catch the ball. I feel like I'm going to have to spring my homerism some other time. <laughs> well, let's talk about another guy who's who's garnered fame here recently, and that's Cooper DeJean, or DeJean from Iowa. Bigger bigger guy, 6'2", 195. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's, he's going to be a 4'3 player. Uh, you know, the speed's off the chart. I think I was just producing like Riley Moss, these, these fast athletic players. Now I think, I think Gene, you could say he's a corner. I say he's a safety. I think he essentially plays both positions. I imagine we're going to see more corner from him this year. So maybe I should make that change, but I do think he, the Gene plays, uh, plays a lot like a safety at that size because he can hit you. He can play a little bit of the, the deep zone coverage we saw this past season. Um, but I think we see somewhere to Riley Moss. Maybe that change happened. But playmaker, I mean, I mean, he he has he has that nose for the football. He has the speed to close, and and he just reading the quarterback and how the ball's going to be there uh, it really impresses me. So I, I think I think we could be talking about a top fifty pick here. Yeah, I, I love Cooper. Uh, I think he's better than his counterpart that went um, to the Senior Bowl last year in Merriweather. I think he's much better than Merriweather from uh, the safety out, out of Iowa last year. Uh, I think, like, what you just said makes me feel like he should stay at the safety position, how he, cerebral, how he can read the QB, how he can get downhill quickly. Um, he can cover well. He can stay in the hip pocket as well. So it's like I don't really know what they're going to do with them. He is Riley Moss-esque. It's crazy how they have two of them back-to-back and back-to-back seasons, right? They, they, they just they just produce DBs lately. Iowa's been producing tight ends and DBs for a little bit now. But I, I don't know where he's going to go because he, he can he can play all over the field. Like you said, he's, he, maybe he'll be a nickel guy at the next level and just play there forever. Is this the year we finally see the return to prominence of Jalen Catalan? I hope so. I, I really, I really do. Like, I, I, I really hope that we end up seeing him, you know, come out of Arkansas and move to Texas and be really good. I'm scared. You know, I'm scared we end up having a Brandon Joseph situation where you kind of make that transfer to a very different defense, plus coming off the injury. But uh, Catalan, you know, the safety transfer marks out of Texas. He, he has the, the size. He has the tackle ability. Um, We've definitely seen it before, but with the injuries and everything, I, I, I worry of what the upside of Jalen Catalan is. So I still haven't ranked in my top 10. because I, I think if he can play up to how he played early in his career, I mean, the sky's the limit, but I uh, have some, some trepidation. Yeah. You've got to stay healthy. Uh, I got to see it at, at this, you know, at this Texas level. I mean, in the red zone, he was a straight monster. Try scoring on that guy in the red zone. Good luck. Right. He, he like, he would make you pay for a throw that was off, but by this much, he, he was just a QB nightmare. Um, smart player. He knows he understands the nuances of coverage schemes. He gets it. He's a solid tackler, too. Um, he's not going to get run over, 
by DBs. He's not going to blow uh, uh, running backs. He's not going to blow up a running back, but he's not afraid to get in there and tackle either. So I like it. I, I the Health is just a big, big concern, right? And, and you're going to get tested early against Alabama. What's that, week three? They, they play Alabama, so two? Yeah, so and I already called Texas winning that game. You guys can hear it as well. Texas win is winning that game. Stamp it. Bold statement picking on Alabama, poor Alabama when they're down. Oh, <laughs> oh, 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 here we go. When they're down. What, what, what are they down on? What are they down on? <laughs> uh, it, it, last call for you guys on these safety prospects. Shane, it didn't come up, and I'm surprised because my guy gives me the Ed Reed vibes out of Miami. I like him a lot. He's just, he's a, just a dog. He stays around the ball, right? He's a hitter, and that's – Cameron Kitchen, Kitchens, Kitchens. I'm not sure if it's Kitchens or Kitchens, but Shane, you got to love this guy, right? He, he's an absolute dog at the safety position. Yeah, like I, I think that Georgia Tech game made, made, made you know, three interceptions, one for a touchdown, I think helped. But yeah, I mean, I, I, I like Kitchens' uh, ability to play the football. Well, you're all over these uh, Hurricanes, you know. You're, you're, you're turning to Miami <laughs> defensive fan over here, Leonard Taylor, Cameron well, Kitchens, like- but I agree. I love Taylor. Like he just to me, he jumped off the off the screen when I was looking at you know Lyman. Like he he just like his athleticism is crazy. You know what I mean? And, yeah. and, and that was the only two bright spots really besides Mallory for the, for the Hurricanes last year. <laughs> yeah, no, no. I think Kitchens is good. I think he's up there. Uh, Cole Bishop from Utah. Yeah, is a player I like a lot. Um, just definitely a, a big you know in the box safety. I don't know how high he'll go in the draft, but. Um, I mean, he, he can, he rushes the passer. He's breaking up passes. Like he is tough. So I, I like him too. I got two later guys. Uh, one of them I thought was going out this year and he probably would have did better. It was Akeem Dent, right? He returned. Uh, he was talked about being as a high safety, uh, for Florida state. And then we talked about Ohio state a lot, right? You guys, are in, they got a transfer. I know he's hurt right now. Right. And I wanted to know, what are your thoughts on him? If he can get, get healthy. And Jihad Carter, because everything about Carter seems like he's he can be a dude. Look, I I think it's a nice balance with him, and and I also think um, Lathan Ransom, you know, is probably draftable as well because I think Carter has kind of that 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 size and bulk. Um, so if he does get healthy, I, I actually think for Carter's size, he covers pretty well. Um, but I think him and uh, Lathan Ransom give a really like big safety duo that can cover. I think that's invaluable. What what, what's your thoughts on Dent? Is he kind of eh for you? Yeah, and look, I, maybe I'm just lower on the Florida State defense, and it's I, I, I'm with you. I think it's going to be a good team this year. So, um, but I, he he's kind of a player that uh, I I I think he just plays way too stiff this past season for me, and I just want to loosen him up and and get those footworks moving. But um, you know, it could definitely be a riser if that team does well. I remember the name, Brian, because you threw him out to me in my show. So I'm going to throw him to Shane. Gentleman out of Wake Forest, Nick Anderson, I believe his name is. What are you talking about him? I, like, I, I, not I, <laughs> yeah, he's got to get healthy. I mean, a former walk-on, I think, right. to be at Wake Forest as a walk-on and have the career that he had is, uh, you know, is exceptional. Uh, but, yeah, definitely a player – as a as a freshman had four interceptions and i remember watching was like wow you know this guy's really good i worry about the athleticism but i think the instincts are there special teams abilities there that can get you drafted 
Brian, we didn't speak about my guy, and I wanted to bring him up out of Duke, the DN guy, uh, Dwayne Carter. He's got – can he – if he has the same type of year that he had last year, because he was a QB nightmare, right? He was in the backfield. He pretty much had a lawn chair chilling back there. Is there is there a possibility that we can hear this guy's name uh, being talked about in, in, in maybe, like, you know, first two, three rounds? Look, I mean, I, you know, look, it's always possible. I, I think Duke is always a school that you maybe struggle to get that kind of recognition from, especially on the defensive side of the ball. I but think that might change a little bit this year. I think I, I really believe a lot with Riley Leonard's going to yes. have that team in contention to the point that we're going to have to focus on Duke football more, and I think it's going to attract attention to guys like Dwayne Carter and some of the other prospects on that Duke roster. Riley Lennon is a dude, man. I know it's a defensive show tonight, but Riley Lennon is a dude. <laughs> uh, last safety, I, I just we don't have to go into deep depth on him, but I'm I'm very curious to see how he how he does adjusting at Cal after transferring from San Diego State. Patrick Memorris, I know, is a guy that uh, me and Shane both kind of liked a little bit last year. Thought he could have come out, but it ends up transferring up to the Pac-12. Or sideways, if the rumors of San Diego State going to the Pac-12 are to be believed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I really liked him because I think for the the size and the the, the hip flexibility uh, that he played with uh, extremely well. So I'm excited. I, I hope he plays well enough in the Pac-12 maybe to get to the Senior Bowl, get to a nice all-star game. Um, we could see McMorris rise up the board a little bit. But, so yeah, I mean, he's probably like an early day three guy right now, but uh, with some potential Hey, hey, six foot two ten. I mean, I know last year was a little bit of an off year, but the previous year we had ninety plus tackles. I mean, you, you put up ninety tackles. I think last year you had sixty plus tackles. Ninety tackles. I, I'm watching. That, that's that, that's those are big numbers. I'm gonna be paying attention for sure. Yeah, we've gone over an hour here with you, Nito, man. And <laughs> Shane foretold this was gonna happen uh, last week. <laughs> Ah, it's good. Like, you know, always brings it. That's why I love yeah. Nino. He, he, uh, he said, uh, we went over an hour with Sheps last week. He said, Nino will go longer. Yeah. <laughs> My guy's coach, man. I I, I, I don't know what I would have done. He never found me, man. I'd still be sitting on a couch somewhere. Thank God for coach. Uh, he, he's my, my mentor, man. I, I love him to death. Yeah. We love everything you guys do, man. We we, we follow your work. And, uh, Nino, before we let you go, man, just tell everybody all the great stuff that's going on with you with with you guys' YouTube channel and everything. Uh, yeah, so we got, you know, it's a T2T network now because we brought, we, we've joined forces with the CFB Nation. So now we have a whole college side of it, and we have the NFL and fantasy. Um, we also do, like, the draft like you guys do as well. We, we work together this year to get that stuff out. Um, and we just got, you know, we got on the clock on Thursdays, me, Coach, KT, and Boomer. We're just talking about post-draft stuff, guys, uh, landing spots that were good, you know, landing spots that, that weren't so good and, and guys that you like that might not perform as well as you may think. And, and then you know, I'm just been – I'm on the dark side with you, you gentlemen now. I mean, I'm all college football. I mean, there's nothing better than it. Uh, every week I'm diving deeper and deeper into it, and I'm still trying to figure out how Stetson Bennett didn't graduate after going to school for six years. But He, he changed majors. So what? Know, how does that work? So that's I, – that, that, I said that on my show. That was the underlying <laughs> thing, but, like – how long do you get you, with that? Three times he, will, he changes major? No, well, he went he went Georgia to JUCO and then came back and those those credits didn't transfer from JUCO. Then he changed his major so the, the 
classes from Georgia didn't count to the major. So he really, you're trying to fit in three years there. It's three right. years is what he had. Uh, I don't know. I, the numbers just don't, you know, 12, 24, you know, 36, 48, it's six times 12 it should be more than that. But I, 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 I get it. I understand what you're saying. But yeah, um, we got a lot, all college stuff going on. And then we got, you know, we're bringing in dynasty rankings for IDP and for fantasy. So you go over to Total Titles and then just check it out. Check us out on YouTube. The same thing, Total Titles. Good stuff, man. Nito, man. I love you, brother. And I appreciate you coming on. Yeah, I, I love you guys. Man. Both of you guys, I appreciate you. Uh, enjoy the vacation, huh? We are going to try. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Nino. Nice, bud. I was our good buddy Nino Brown from Tolis to Title CFB Nation. We at, at one point I wonder who's who's longer winded, Nino or Paul? Ah, I, I, <laughs> do, doing doing the first draft night. I think Paul's Paul's got him. Nino with Nino sharp on draft night. Uh, but uh, but I love it. No, yeah, I I, I had uh, numerous compliments of Nino from the live draft night show on the first night. So he's he's awesome. The spectacular. Yeah, he, he's he's the best man. I love having him, love having him on. Uh, before we we close out the show, Shane, you had a nice little fun piece on the site this week that I, I just wanted to get your take on here. You you released your you've been scouting the draft since two thousand four. Uh, and you released a piece this week that looked at your top 25, your highest rated players at each position in the last 20 years, I guess, 2020 yeah. draft classes. I, I'm just curious. My, my question is, and it was really fascinating to see. My question is, how do you like rank those guys? Do you have like a numerical point system that stacks these? Or is it just kind of you look at your notes and, okay, this guy – I, I had more positive things about this guy than this guy and this guy. Yeah. So I, you know, it, and I, I think you've been through this, Brian, right? Like your kind of process changes at times yeah. over the years. So it was a lot of going back and trying to like take what I did before to what I'm doing now um, and do that. I definitely used to do like more of a point system. Now at draft counts, I've kind of gotten away from it. So it was kind of about stacking those players in. So since we restarted the site, I've almost kind of, done this but uh never really had all the old drafts to okay where exactly did i have eli manning in 2004 you know so this was nice to to take the numeric stuff take the not numeric stuff and kind of combine it up to uh to where i was and i think it'll be nice to kind of continue updating this every year and then we kind of have those top 25 there's definitely some positions where i can't wait for that number 25 guy to drop out uh, as well so <laughs> yeah, I, I I thought it was pretty fun. One of the somebody brought it up on Twitter, and I thought one of the more fascinating things from this entire list was your top three edge rushers were all drafted by the Houston Texans. <laughs> yeah, Mario Williams, Jadavian Clowney, and Will Anderson all drafted by the Houston Texans, which is fascinating. That's what well, like they they stunk a lot and picked highly and thought they had a quarterback, I guess, and that's what happens. It's wild, wild to think about, and. uh I am curious to see how it slots now because I know you love Caleb Williams and I'm, I'm just curious at how he's going to end up grading out for you at the end of the day. Yeah. We'll see how this last year goes, but he's definitely in, in contention for, I think the top spot. I don't know if he can unsee Trevor Lawrence. I like Trevor Lawrence a ton, but in that Andrew Locke, Matthew Stafford, Joe Burrow area for sure. 
It's going to be fun stuff. All right, we've got yeah. a couple of questions on Twitter. We'll get to those uh, really quick. Uh, at underscore Doe21, David Davis asks, who do you think is the first Buckeye to get drafted after Marvin Harrison Jr.? I'm sure most will say Ibuka, but I think Tua Moloow will have a big year and go next. Hey, I think I just wanted you to say Tua Moloow's name. I think again. so. Um, no, I think Tua, uh, I think Ibuka's probably my pick. Uh, I think that's most likely, you know, that we see both receivers go fairly early. But as we talked about before, you know, Tua Moloow has that uh, potential. And if maybe if Denzel Burke has a, a really big year, but uh, I'll, I'll stick with Ibuka here. At Flows 420, Brian Zukowski asks, what is your way too early guess on the breadth of the strength of the 2024 offensive tackle class? Uh, Good. I I think initially looking at it, I think it's going to be definitely stronger at the top than 2023. Yes. Just with Lashanu and, and, and Alt. Right. I think Galton Vashanu give you that uh, safety at the top and the elite prospects. I think it has a chance to be deeper day two wise, right? Because, you know, I think offense tag kind of fell off a little bit. Um, so I think it has that chance. We'll, we'll see what happens. But there's definitely, you know, Graham Barton out of Duke and Julian Pearl out of Illinois, some guys that we didn't talk about uh, last week that could sneak into day two and beef up the depth of the class. I mean, there's some other guys that I definitely want to – like we, we did talk a little bit about Kingsley, Swamatea, J.C. Latham last week. Guys, I want to get a Ruben Fatheray second. Gottlieb Ayadze from uh, Frostburg State had a uh, Senior Bowl invite. Yeah. Was it last year? And then transferred to Maryland or transferred up. So, and he's he's going to get in there immediately, right? Probably be a starter because they lost both their starters. Uh, both of them got drafted, uh, Jalen Duncan and Spencer Anderson. So, he'll get a chance to mix it up there in the Big Ten, and he's going to get tested, right? I mean, because he's going to play Ohio State. He's going to play Michigan. He's going to play Penn State. He's going to play Michigan State. He's going to get thrown right in the fire. So, you're going from D2 up to the Big Ten – if he goes up and, and has a, a, a good year, like just say he's equal to how Jalen Duncan played last year, which was down. I mean, that's enough to get you drafted, the, you know, early day three at worst. I, yeah, and, and looking at the spring reports, he's going to start at left tackle where Jalen Duncan was. So, uh, you know, like you mentioned, we saw against Ohio State and Penn State, the problems there. So he, he's going to get tested, uh, you know, circle that October 7th Ohio State game. For sure. Yeah. And uh, Julian Pearl, um, Jim Nagy was talking about him on Twitter the other day from Illinois as a guy to look out for potentially in Mobile this year. Uh, quick question in the chat. Justin has no Dwight Sheps tonight. So, you, you might not live that one down. You might not I, I don't think I will, down. and I shouldn't, to be honest. <laughs> I, I shouldn't. It's, uh, uh, that was fun. That's fair. All right. Um before we get to our uh, final thoughts, just want to tell everybody, uh, if you're new to the channel watching tonight, go ahead and hit that uh, subscribe button on our YouTube channel there and uh, subscribe. Hit the uh, hit the notification bell, the like button, all that good stuff. If you're listening to the audio version, uh, be it Spotify or uh, Apple Podcasts, wherever, 
give us a five star review and share that out as well. But Shane, uh, as we mentioned, this is this is it for us for a few months. We're gonna lay low uh, unless we have an emergency uh, must talk about thing happen over the summer. We uh, said the same thing last year. It ended up not happening. Probably won't happen again uh, this year as well. If not, our plan is to come back uh, mid-August uh, as we get ready for the first uh, week of college football season. We start laying out all our uh, rankings after we watch over the summer and everything. But uh, what are your final thoughts on our second full year here of draft countdown, our, the 2023 draft season in general, and, and, and everything that went down? I thought, I thought we had a great year. I appreciate everyone that came to the site, that listened to the podcast, that gave us support. I think bringing on, bringing on Brad Miranda was great, you know, and uh, I'm excited to see what next year brings. I think as people are finding the site and enjoying it and keep coming back, we'll, we'll, we'll be there. So uh, excited for another year of this. Yeah, me too. And uh, next year we're bringing in uh, Pigskin and Paul, of course. He's going to come on and start writing with us as well. So, yeah, I mean, you'll have five distinct voices that all obviously think a lot differently about how things operate, NFL draft or not. And uh, I think that's what makes us great. I mean, there's no real group think here. It's, you know, we all see things our own way. We all have our different techniques of how we get to where we get. But ultimately, it's all about bringing great content out to everybody. And we've done that this year, you know, in both the written word and the podcast and everything. And, you know, we had our best numbers. Our numbers nearly doubled uh, this year from last year. So then that's a big thank you to everybody, man, that came out and, and, and did everything. And it's a great year. And I think the 2024 draft season is going to be even better. Yeah, let's do it. All right. So that's going to do it for the final episode of our season two edition of the draft countdown podcast. Follow me on Twitter at deep fried draft. Follow Shane on Twitter at Shane P. Howell. Follow draft countdown on Twitter at draft countdown and go to draftcountdown.com and you can get a, all of Shane's rankings for 2024 up. You can look at 2024 mocks, 2025, 2026, all those rankings and everything are up. Go get familiarized with everybody. It's going to be, that you're going to watch play during college football next season. But that's going to do it for tonight. For Shane, I'm Brian. Good night, everybody.